0: going on everybody and welcome to another episode of Process Potables. Doing a little bonus episode here as we are preparing to record as guests tonight on the Garbage Into Gold podcast hosted by our friend Brandon After. So if you are looking for more of your usual episode content, recapping what's been going on in the last week or so overall, talking about game specifics and things of that nature, make sure to check out that episode which I'm sure will be in your feed about the same time this one. So if you're listening to this, it's probably already out. But I wanted me and Steve to hop on here and just get a chance to talk to everybody about the thing that I think matters the most that's happened over the last couple days and the thing that I think is really going to shape the rest of this season in some way, shape, or form. And we'll talk about what we think that may be, which is the Sixers not acquiring James Harden from the Houston Rockets and the Brooklyn Nets being the team that ultimately made the deal. We'll get into the specifics. We'll talk about what we think about it on the Sixers end, about how it shapes the East, this, that, and the other thing. Just want to make sure to give everybody a quick reminder to make sure you are following us on all social media platforms. We are on Twitter at Process Potables. We are on Instagram at Podcast Potables Network. We are on Untapped at Process Potables. We have a Twitch, which I believe is Podcast Potables Network. Uh, You can go to www.processpotables.com to find all our links, all the breweries we work with, and all that good stuff. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed to us on whatever listening platform. We are available on all of them, and as usual, we love and appreciate those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts specifically. Steve, getting into this Harden deal, the Nets ultimately became the team that acquired James Harden. This became a three-way deal that included Cleveland and Indiana. There, there's a whole lot to break down here. In the end, Victor Oladipo ends up going to Houston, as well as Dante Exum, Rodion's Curix, three Nets first-rounders, four pick swaps with the Nets, and an unprotected 2022 Cavs pick. The Cavs receive Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince. The Pacers get Karis LeVert and a second-rounder. So, before we talk about the Sixers' involvement, they were not ultimately involved in the deal. What are your thoughts on this deal as far as those three teams are concerned? And, you know, if you have a winner or a loser, if you don't really think much changed, let me know what you think.
1: Well, I think Houston won this trade. You think they won the trade? Yes, because that's a lot of picks. Now, I know a lot of people have been saying, well, if the Nets, you know, win a title or – they contend they're not a lottery team for the next couple of years, and those picks aren't going to be really worth anything, which I agree with. But I mean, between Kyrie, if he doesn't retire, to, I don't know, he dude, he could retire tonight, or he, he could. could be, or he could play tonight and put up forty. I, I I don't know. No one knows what's going on with that dude. But each Kyrie and Durant have three years left on their deal. Harden has two. I, part of me, tells, at least one of them, you know. Something weird is going to happen with Kyrie, but between Durant well, sure. and Harden, like, you know, Harden's probably going to eat his fat ass to death, and then Durant's just, like, you know, getting up there in age and already hurt. So right. I feel like the ladder of those pick swaps and those, you know, uh, actual unprotected firsts could be worth something. And then when I saw that uh, Houston got all the deep, I'm like, wait, I'm like, Why? And it seemed like they gave up nothing for him, but then I saw that he's on a expiring contract. So right. I'm like, okay, so they got something out of it. And I just think uh, for the return they got for Harden, it tells me, okay, that's why Simmons, Matisse, and you know, a couple picks from us isn't going to do it.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. Number one, you have no idea what's going on with Kyrie Irving, which is absolutely a fair assessment. I think if we're talking about winners – yeah, it it definitely probably seems like it's Houston, regardless of how those picks play out, because you have to realize that not only do they, you know, if they use all those picks, are they likely to get a superstar? Probably not, depending on where they land, but odds are they're going to be, you know, mid to later picks. But they're also just assets. We saw the Sixers do yeah. this, just acquire them and figure it out later. We you know i was i was one of the main people screaming that i didn't think that heat pick was going to be worth all yep. that much Turns out the Heat got real good real quick. The Sixers sold high on that pick when they did and worked out really well. So you never know what these picks can turn into, how their value is going to change. So it's always hard to predict. But so sure... if the
1: team's going to want a first-round pick in the next 10 years, it's going to come from, from either Houston or OKC. Right, yeah. So you like know, they you,
0: don't have to try. You, you set yourself up like that. <laughs> yeah. Houston gets himself out of the luxury tax, repeater taxes, all those things. So it's going to take a lot of the financial burden off the franchise, which obviously, if you're a fan of the team, you don't really really give a shit about but obviously their their main course of direction here was to get cap relief to be able to blow the whole thing up and rebuild it looks like they've done that and have an unprecedented amount of capital and assets to do so now the nets with harden so it seems like you're on the same page as me now that it looks like there's no chance he's coming here i am completely turned off of him again uh he is definitely fat out of shape declining Mm -hmm. And all those things, which I would not have said had he come here. Are, are are you in agreement with that? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So we're definitely just gonna play that card so that mm-hmm. everybody knows. So.
1: And listen, we're we're you know we're both we're both thick boys, so we can make these fat oh, jokes yeah. about hard. And just well, listen, to be dude, clear, you can be thick and play. Yeah. I
0: just don't know if you can be as good as you were when you weren't thick. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, seriously. I mean, I shoot better now than I ever did, but I can't run up and down the court. So take it for what it is. Yeah. But. The Cavs, it's confusing for them the most for me. They really didn't get much. Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Torian Prince has been thrown around the league. He he yeah. definitely seems like he has some character issues on the court and, like, in the locker room. Not like not trying to paint any picture off the court because I don't know anything about that. But it does seem like he has issues with, like, committing the team structure and where he fits. He's kind of a jacker who doesn't shoot that well. And then they get Jared Allen when they already have so many big men none of which are really that good. I mean, depending on yeah. your thoughts on Andre Drummond, I guess, but just a very weird fit for that. I don't, maybe they're not done making moves either. I'm sure a- Allen's a nice piece if you maybe want to move him somewhere else. You know, if, if Cleveland's looking for a way to improve, that could be a way. So, fine for them to get involved. I mean, I don't think they gave up too much. I don't know the deal with the Cavs pick. I think it's a first-round pick. You know, who knows where they're going to yeah, be. Yeah, that so. was
1: weird. That That's, they're the team that, Really didn't make sense, and ultimately they they probably just in a way became a salary dump for the Nets. It's like yeah. okay, this guy's got money. Like, what can you give
0: us? Like, and if you're Indiana, being you know like not a small market team, but kind of a mid market team. If you're not happy with Oladipo, you didn't want to pay him. You have that expiring deal. Karis LeVert's a guy that you know you bring in. You see what you think. It's the same thing that Houston's going to do. They get to bring in Oladipo, see how it looks. Maybe he's a guy that they can sign to just yeah. keep the team afloat for a few years to not have their fan base completely fall out. You know, at this point, I don't think Oladipo could can be the best player on any team Uh, if you even want to go like 500 especially out in the west but he's at least a guy to like tune in and watch and you know buy some gear of at the very least you know he he is that good I guess so Mm -hmm. it's interesting when we bring in the Sixers now there, there's a lot of different reports. We, we obviously will never know the true answer, but there are a lot of rumblings about needing Simmons, Matisse, and Maxi, along with possibly a couple picks. So there's a lot to give up, and this was my thing. was it, it obviously came down to the Nets and us, and I truly believe that the Sixers package is way more desirable than the Nets package, but that's based on what the Rockets wanted. There's no report or anything that Maury offered anything near that. It seems pretty clear that Simmons and Matisse were on the table, and that's as far as it kind of goes. Uh, there were rumors that their agents both notified them. They were in talks of deals. Mm. You know, they to just kind of be ready for anything potentially, but nothing happened. It came out that Simmons was obviously new. But he said he was happy to stay here. I don't, I don't really give a shit. Obviously, you didn't want to go to a rebuild oh, yeah. where the only other guy there is John Wall right now. So yeah. obviously, he's happy to be here. But it it's been tough watching him lately. It's been very ugly, and I don't know if this trade is going to be something that wakes him up and makes him realize that you know he's not necessarily safe here, despite signing that five year max extension or if this is the type of thing that gets further in his head which we already know is a is a place that no one can really quite figure out with the shooting or lack thereof and not wanting to talk about it and and all those things and you know issues sometimes with his uh commitment and I shouldn't say commitment but the idea of really giving it his all for the whole game, every game, it seems like there's times he takes it off and times he turns it on. And we're all very impressed when he turns it on, but it doesn't happen nearly enough, it seems. And the the worst part about it now is you have this MVP caliber Joel Embiid, which in was it seventeen eighteen or eighteen nineteen where he came out and I think Philly wanted to say he was in the MVP race, but even then, which was really his best like yeah. opening to date, he wasn't really in the MVP race. Right now, if you read most national outlets, he is actually number one in the yeah. MVPs, which is still very early, obviously, and we know that he likely will miss time and take games off and have his outlier bad games, which do happen, but right now, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty hard to argue that he's not the MVP of the league and that stresses you out even more to try and again shorten that window and the window for this team has been so many different variances of open and close over the last couple years that you really just don't know what to think about it so I am fine with Maury not giving up what was reported I don't think anybody could really argue with that that was a lot And what you've seen from Maxi lately, again, it's really hard to look at these guys when they haven't played too long and say, oh, they're untouchable. Everybody's available for the right deal, but it would be really hard to give up on a team that's drafted this bad overall outside of like number one picks, which even then they have some clunkers, Mm -hmm. but a team that's drafted this poorly, finally getting back-to-back years where you get a a pick in the low 20s that turns out to be a, a... pretty valuable asset you don't just want to throw them out the door if you don't have to so there's value in holding on to them and we ultimately don't know what would happen my thought here is that I don't think Maury's not going to do something hmm. whether it involves Simmons or not I don't know whether it's a player of the caliber of Harden or Beal or Levine I don't know but I don't think there's any way with how aggressive he's already been and the things that he's made happen that he can watch this team right now and say yeah we can we can go into the playoffs with this. Yeah. Cuz as good as their highs have been, it's it's not enough in in the east where I think even right now they're at best the fourth best team. third or fourth best team. Yeah, you could make the case for third. I don't think many people would put them there, but it it's not the craziest thing, but they're definitely behind Milwaukee still. And they have to be behind Brooklyn, barring it all falling apart, like yeah. you kind of alluded to, which isn't out of the realm of possibility, but so far, we don't really have any evidence to believe that'll be the case.
1: I think best case scenario, after the Harden trade, we go to the conference finals to the, to Brooklyn and lose to them. But there is part of me that's saying, like, man, if we got Harden, like, we be a contender, like we'd be the number one seed, and it's a good thing I'm not a general manager, dude, because I I had my emotions. I mean, they're still going up and down, and I've never been more conflicted than anything in my entire life. I think because it's just you know, like it was a normal day, then Twitter started getting hot with all these rumors, and I was still pissed off at Ben Simmons only giving us five points right. when he's one of eight players playing 32 minutes in a game, and, and yes, he ultimately fouled out, but but come on, man.
0: You know, I, I expected a lot. And, and know, he, he has career lows in points per game and field goal attempts per game this season. Yeah,
1: so it's – and I was just kind of mad at him, and I just – I mean, everybody I, is. Yeah, and at that moment, in I was, way, I was like, form. you know what, man? We know what Simmons is, you know, and this is what we're going to get. If, you know, and I – for, literally, I think, like, the minute before the trade became official, I'm like, if it takes Maxi to do it, like, I'll, I'll eventually get over yeah, it. Yeah, I think I was there, like, too. Like, I was at, – because at the end of the day, like, people – no one wants to admit that we had the same exact thoughts about Fiebel last year. He was untouchable. Right. And people are like, well, no, that's not true. It's like, no, no, it isn't. No one wanted him treated. I mean, definitely Um,
0: most people. I will stand by the fact that I was not really on that train for most of the time, but I've been in the minority. But
1: I I, I was on that train, I'll admit. And I think it's because then a year before, it's just how Shamit was playing. And there's just. When mid to late first round pick plays above expectations. I guess there's some weird thing where, you know, no, 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 don't get rid of them. We need them. We need them, which of course we need them, but.
0: And that's the funny part is this city falls in love with the stars, but they also fall in love with the role players yeah. too. So there's that, there's that back and forth. And it like, we love Embiid who was a top pick and even didn't play for the first two years, and yet we still love him. Ben Simmons is the number one overall pick, and now all of a sudden it seems like the majority of people dislike him or potentially hate him. Yeah. But then for years in a row, oh, we can't trade Shamit. Oh, we can't trade Matisse. Oh, we can't trade uh-huh. Maxi. And, you know, it, it, it all depends. You never know what's really going to come of these guys. The same way we were high on Thibel last year, we we were low on him. Now, he's kind of bounced back lately, and we're recording this at halftime of the game tonight. Tonight's one of those games for him where, even though the shot doesn't look good, and that's something I've been stressing for a long time now, this is like... People think these games happen way more frequently than they do. They do not happen that often. But this is one of those games where his defensive impact is actually measurable regardless of basically no offensive contribution. He has made a ridiculous amount of plays. He has tried to hound Hero, which is very difficult. He had that really great block that he had no business of getting after he was run off the screen uh, with Hero penetrating. Um, He's had some nice deflections, some nice plays of the lane and everything. So this is one of those games where you say, wow, he really is an elite defensive disruptor at times. But it's way less frequent than most people make it out to be. Whereas Maxie is is this guy who ever since really getting a bump in usage due to all this COVID bullshit, which is a whole other conversation that I'm sure we're definitely going to have with Brandon, is, is looking amazing. And not only does he actually have the offensive skills, but, you know, he's, he's definitely not the – he de- doesn't have the defensive prowess that Matisse has, but he's still high energy, plays the lanes well. And – what I like about him, and I don't know, you know, sometimes these things are can be considered luck, almost like guys who recover fumbles in the NFL, which always seems like it's, it's yeah. super high variance and there's no logic to it. It seems like when anybody else makes a, a deflection or a steal or anything, Maxi is right where the ball is. Whether mm-hmm. he sees it coming, whether it's just elite speed or, or whatever it is, it seems like he just has a knack for being able to pick that up. Tonight alone, I think we saw like two different transition runs for yeah. him that weren't generated by him, but just awareness, hustle, and and knowing you know where the ball is like, gonna just be. Just the
1: way he like he picks the ball away and goes for a layup, like right it's away. just I was it's like effortless. I was like, I haven't seen this since Iverson. Like there's a lot of I'm not saying he's an ex-Iverson, but like it's very reminiscent. I well, was seeing it the,
0: with Ben too. The problem is yeah. just you know, Ben can't finish half the top. Yeah. And so far, no issues with Maxi there. Maxi's doing it all, he's shooting the three. Sometimes his form looks a little wonky on his jump shots, but still, he's willing to take them. They do go in. He likes pulling up in the mid-range. We've seen a couple of those where he he's running off a screen and just taking that mid-range, too, that it seems almost everybody on this team is scared to death to shoot besides yeah. him and Joel, which is nice. Seems like he can finish through contact a little bit. He's taking the three. I, I just want his footwork to be a little bit better in yeah. his shot i pointed it out to you when he took his first three tonight that the footwork looked great and then we saw a couple other shots later where it went back to this weird kind of wide-legged stance and it impacts the follow-through he lands kind of awkwardly uh he and, does and, it a lot in his mid-range too and it's but, weird
1: because i know a lot of us are quick to want to play shot doctor yeah, and i'm not that know? guy and, usually. And, and, yeah and and i sometimes i look at am like ah but there's something to be said with thiable like the way he just like releases it you're like oh that's a bad shot like you you just know like right like the second before he leaves his hand yes like you're like oh that that's not
0: it still and doesn't some... seem like he just like has a comfortable idea of yeah. whatever range he's shooting from
1: yeah it's just i i don't know like what to really do or say about him whereas maxi like i've seen him take some threes or mid-range jumpers and i'm just like and then they go in, like – and the fact, like you said, earlier in the game, like he just had his uh, feet perfectly set, you know, made that one shot, and then it looked awkward on, you know, the, the next shot he took. And and it's – I know some people look at that and they're concerned because it seems like inconsistency. But to me, like, when you start out a game that strongly, then your form just kind of uh, regresses a little bit. That tells me, okay, one, like, I mean, fatigue can add to, add to that. But two – To me, like, he he knows, like, you know, how he needs to shoot. Like, to me, that tells me he's probably watching film
0: and studying that stuff and just... Yeah, I don't think anything looks that off of his form. I would argue that maybe his form looks, like, mechanically a little more sound than It's There's definitely a confidence issue, first of all. And I think there's just, like, that natural instinct thing. Like, Maxi is a shooter and Matisse is not a shooter. And that's what I mean. It's just being comfortable and you know you see that all the time like obviously in the nba most guys have pretty good form but you know not all the guys who are the best shooters all have the the standard form and there's something for just figuring out how you shoot and being good enough at it and then there's the yeah. guys that are just like pure shooters and they had the technique down so uh it, it's complicated but you know, we, we, we cheer for both of them. Again, I I have to give Matisse a lot of credit for what I've seen from him tonight. At the very least, these are the type of games that can be encouraging for him. And when they really need him to, with still, you know, some guys out and some guys needing to be eased back in. So, uh, minutes are being limited a little bit for some guys as they get back in the rhythm after all this time off. Uh, thanks, Adam Silver, for fucking nothing. but So... If we look forward, I mean, we kind of talked about this a little bit, and you you said that you basically don't think the Sixers can beat the Nets. You know, what barring a a, a significant move, which again I think one will come. I don't know what it is, but I think one will come. Uh, you know, significance can vary, but I would say you know somewhat significant. You know, a guy that can start. I think they will acquire another qu- guy that is a, a capable starter. That's at least what I think at, at at the at the very least. But yeah, barring anything crazy like a Levine or a Beal, I mean, where do you think this team ends up if everything kind of just goes as as it stands right now? I you mean as how far they get in the playoffs? Or sure. How they fin- yeah, I think
1: I think they finish third seed and you know maybe they finally get to conference finals okay and and you know what there's part of me i i think i was talking about uh with this about rob on twitter the other night but man I, off yeah i i believe so i could be wrong but i know a lot of people have been saying over the years most teams going to playoffs with the eight or nine guy rotation right. I, and like this year I, I don't know man like if eight guys are if they're forcing teams to play eight dudes because of COVID, like teams might be trying, like you know, like we just need bodies, like you know, maybe some playoff teams don't trade a couple guys to get one other person who could start or be oh, a six man.
0: Like teams won't be in a position. Yeah, to be able so to shorten I think this roster. this
1: year, like, and, and that could be said for a lot of things, but this year, like, I don't know if those rosters are going to be uh, that short, but. The other, uh, you know, side of the coin is like when you have guys like Isaiah Joe just hitting, knocking down threes, and uh, playing that well, getting that much playing time in a regular season, may, maybe that pays off down the line. So,
0: yeah, I think the the East is weird because if you really break it down, and we could do this in a, you know, a more exponential way, maybe at another point, but I really think that. It's like a weird round robin of how teams match up with each other. And it really is all going to depend on who they play, which sounds like a cop-out. But, like, I actually have, like, an answer here. Because, like, even with the Nets as constructed now, I don't think that they can match up with Milwaukee. Who's who's dealing with Giannis on that team? Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, the best guy might have been Jared Allen, Yeah, weirdly enough. Well, dude, even against the Sixers, like, I, I mean... Well, I'm, I want to get to that, but I'm, yeah. I'm just saying for, the, okay. for for that matchup, like I think Milwaukee could take down the Nets, and I don't really think it's that big of a reach. Like I think they could beat them in like mm. six, because I know Durant and Harden can score, but we know Harden has his playoff struggles. You don't know how well Durant even holds up getting there, but even if he does, like I think Giannis is probably the best guy to try to defend him. Yeah, and even though I don't think Giannis should be you know, getting these defensive player of the year awards. He is a very good defender. I'm not, you know, trying to take that away from him. Plus, like they're built really well right now at Drew Holiday. Chris Middleton's playing really well. They still have um they have Brooke Lopez who's playing really well. Like like yeah. they're loaded. They had they can play they can defend like a lot of positions with that lineup. Plus, they can score like crazy, and like I think they could keep up with the Nets' shooting too. And then that's just lost like all their bench scoring. It's all gonna come yeah, it, from Harden and Durant. So <laughs> I, I think that that's a really bad matchup for them. Whereas I think we're one of the only teams in the East that can match up with Milwaukee because you have. And yeah. Bede and Simmons and Tobias that can all kind of hang with Giannis in a way. Like you don't have to throw just one person at him. And you have Ben who could pretty much guard anybody and Bede has proven he can guard Giannis pretty well. You know, Tobias could probably can stretch out with Lopez if they want to try that. Things of that nature. So that I'm not saying that I think the Sixers would beat Milwaukee, but I think we're yeah. a tough matchup for them. Problem is I don't think we match it well with Brooklyn because I don't see yeah. who's stopping Durant and who's stopping Harden. So yeah. it's like a weird it would just outshoot us. rotation like that. I also don't think we match up well with Miami if they actually have everybody because I think Bam matches up well with Embiid. They have Jimmy. They have Hero. I mean, we're seeing back-to-back nights here. Like the Sixers are going to end up winning handily in this one. It looks like they're up 20, but Hero gives us fits. And he doesn't even have any help right now, and he's still he he's still face. been able to slash us. He, he hits him in the stupid face. shots. Now imagine he has Drogic and Butler and mm-hmm. Bam all back with him and everything. Like, it's it's a whole different conversation. And then, you know, you have the Celtics as well, who I think match up better with some of these teams, not with some of these teams. I think for this season, they really shouldn't match up well with us, but... We, we we've thought that before too. So yeah. it's, it's always scary with them as well. So it's, it's just weird like that. The, uh, I saw
1: on Twitter too some, uh, some New York fans like, dude, we're stacked. Look at the starting lineup. It's like, okay. You got Harden, got Kyrie, got Katie. And then wait, is it Joe? I keep wanting to say Jason, Caputo, Joe Harris. But, but Joe Harris, Jason the, Capone. Yeah. I was shit. like, Nope, Nope, not him. And okay. then the fifth guy was like, I'm like, wait, who, who the fuck is this guy? Like I, I don't even know who it is. Like, like they have who's the best player on their bench? Like I, I
0: well, I assume DeAndre Jordan would be the other starter. Yeah, right? and on like, their bench, they, well, they have Dinwiddie, but he's hurt. Yeah, and then I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, TLC maybe.
1: Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Nope. So, yeah, I don't nope, know. It it, it's weird.
0: I don't I don't think it's a doomsday thing. Like, our friend Ty Daubert has been – I kind of want to delete his number mm. for a little while because he's really hurt. And I know he really likes Harden, and there's a lot of people that do. And believe me, if Harden was here, I'd be ecstatic. And oh, yeah. I would have bought in, and that's all well and good. But now that he's not here, I'm past it. I, 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 I trust Daryl Morey, and especially with Harden, I trust Daryl Morey because I really think that if he thought Harden was the answer – That he would have pulled the trigger. Yeah. So something tells me that he has to have some idea that, you know, whether you want to argue how much Harden is declining or about to decline, I think Maury realized that, you know, the, the current deal he's on is the best you're getting from him. They probably wouldn't want to give him money after that. Even if he did play well, you don't know if he will play well. You don't know how it's going to work with Embiid because Harden dominates the ball a lot. Right. Um, Anyone who says that he's a ball hog is a fucking liar because he's been, like, a top five in assists for years. Right. So anyone who's saying that shit, you've completely invalidated any argument you have. But there's a difference between, you know, a ball hog and ball dominant. He needs the ball. Yes. Obviously. He's one of the best scores of all time. He needs the ball, which will take opportunities away from Joel Embiid. But because of how great he is, when he does give it up, the opportunities for everybody else should be better. Right. So all of that is good. The question is, you know, will he even be able to make it to the playoffs? How's his conditioning? Is he going to go like 0 for 17 from the field like he did in like a Hmm. game seven? You know, this guy's just never really proven to have that clutch factor, and he's really never shown up in the playoffs. And you can tell me all you want about the the teams built around him, but they've been pretty good. Like like good enough that I really don't think that can be the excuse for him. Yeah, and that's a
1: reassuring thing for me because if we didn't have Maury, if it was still – Elton Brand and oh. whatever Calandro leftovers, I I would I'd be. I, I think there, I think really the building might better. be on fire. Yeah, and I and there's still a little part of me that has this like feeling deep down in my stomach. It's like we might regret deep this, down man. Of plums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's far enough, might yeah. There's like, always going to be regrets, regret. but but because Maury, like he he was there, he 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 knows what we're getting from harm both on the court and off the court, and and dude, like. I know red and powder blues are not good colors for big guys, but dude, even with that, like Harden, just like like I know we all like to make the fat jokes about him, but like he looks like really chunk, dude. Like it, yes. yeah. I just, I mean, Charles Barkley is the only player in NBA history who could play his way in the shape and doesn't need to show up at the beginning of the season in shape. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like that's almost what's happening here. But I, I just, man, at that age, and, you know, he's going to probably be playing more minutes than ideally because, with you know, all these protocols and stuff. Like, I don't know, man, that's, yeah. like, I know there's a joke there, but, like, I, I'd be really concerned if, you
0: know. Unless he came here. Yes, yes, well, we well yeah, concerned. of course, right. yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah, I I I think that's a good way to put it. Again, I think my my biggest takeaway is I I trust Mori until he gives me reason not to. This is obviously the first real big, you know, potential red flag, and it's not to say it is at all right now. But you know, in a year or so, we may look back at this and be like, man, like really fucked up. But yeah. I, I'm gonna choose to believe that he didn't. Again, I think that I don't doubt that he will make a move at some point, and I think. The last thing I'll say is the one thing I'm optimistic of, and I, I mean, this kind of goes with what I've been saying since the beginning of the season, which my biggest thing was if you're going to go get him, do it now. Yeah. So you can implement him so that you don't have to deal with, you know, further chemistry issues. Obviously there's going to be a problem either way, but if you're going to go get him, get him quick, which is why this deal happened. One, he wanted out anyway, but two, I, I think anything that wanted to get him understands that the quicker you get him in the better. And the upside, I think, is that if if we're talking about him and Beal and Levine, and I'm not saying like they're all equal, obviously, like right. Harden is is better than both of them. Uh, I think the difference between him and Beal is less than the difference between Beal and Levine. Yes, I but agree. I think that Beal and Levine both will fit in easier here quicker than Harden would. Exactly. I think Harden yeah. would be the biggest adjustment. So I'm not worried if they take more time and then figure out how to get Beal or Levine or even like a buddy healed, which is way lesser than anyone else we're talking about. But if they're not making that huge splash move, like a deal that probably involves Simmons and maybe they go another route, I think anybody like that fits in easier than Harden. I think if you brought in Harden, there was going to be a significant adjustment. And the worst thing that could have happened with that was you fuck up this MVP Embiid you have right now. Yeah, That would have been my biggest fear, is that that move really messes up what you have going with Embiid. That's true. I know he needs help, and I know people are upset with Ben, but at the same time, you don't want to mess with Embiid right now. Let him do what he's doing. He looks great. He's playing a lot of minutes. He looks healthy. He looks like he's having fun, and he's playing out of his mind. Yeah, Don't fuck with that. It's kind of
1: funny you say it because everyone's been kind of making the point. well, he's in his M, you know MVP year, he you know these next two to three years could be his best years, and then like that's all we're going to get from him. But I th- I think you make a good point that people aren't realize. Well, you know you bring another alpha into the wolf pack, man. Like that's going to fuck everything up. My wolf pack grew by yeah. one.
0: <laughs> the the funny thing too, I guess it wasn't my last thing, but. One of the big things with Embiid has been people are are always worrying about his timeline and and how much we'll really have left of him. And I've definitely been – I'm not judging anybody because I've definitely been on that ship as well. Everyone is to some degree. That degree can vary between people, but that, that idea exists within everybody to some extent. That conversation definitely changes based on what you've seen this year so far because if you're going to start actually thinking he's taking care of himself and he's figuring out his regiment and his diet and everything, that's got to make you feel better about the window too. So ideally, maybe we don't have to have this, oh, like you only have two years left of Embiid before maybe he's like cooked and his body gives up. You know, like big guys have lasted. Look at Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard looks great at his age and and Embiid is not Dwight Howard by any means as far as, you know, his body and and his conditioning area. Dwight was a freak from the minute he walked in. But if Embiid can get it right, I mean most guys can play into their early thirties pretty well. And again, you're not really worried about Embiid's you know, top end speed or anything. You just need him to manage. You know, his game isn't built on speed. It's built on his size and his finesse. And if he's taking care of himself, then theoretically he can stretch that window out from, you know, us all doom and gloom about him turning twenty. He's twenty six. So yeah. we don't have to be doom and gloom about him, you know, getting twenty eight, twenty nine and falling apart. If this is a sign of things to come and he's able to, you know, take some of the stress off of his body by taking care of it better, there's no reason to believe that you can't you know, get this entire at least contract out of him where he's a, a top-end superstar and then maybe even an, an additional couple years uh, after that on, on another deal.
1: Yeah, and hey, maybe it's wishful he, thinking. but Yeah, it's wishful and maybe he can be the, you know,
0: the exception and not to rule for, right. for,
1: for maybe for once things like that would go our in our favor in Philadelphia. But
0: well, again, it wouldn't like the exception <laughs> would be him flaming out at twenty eight. It doesn't happen to that many guys. No. Like they have been few and far between. You look at like uh, Odin or Yao Ming or people like that. I mean, most big men for all the things we hear about it, a, a lot of them play a, a decent amount of time. Yeah, and, well, and, well beyond twenty eight. <laughs> yeah. And and if they don't last that
1: long, it's just because they're they're really really bad, right? Like look like like Greg Monroe. Greg Monroe is playing in New York. Realize he has
0: a skill set nobody has. Like those guys all fell off because the only thing they had was some athleticism. Mm -hmm. Like Embiid can shoot. He hits his free throws. He can play in the post. He can shoot from range. Yeah, dude. The thing
1: that amazed me that Monday night game against the Heat, where he just like took over, was. He was just making shots from everywhere on a the court. There's a couple times he brought the ball up himself. Like he, he literally did everything. Yeah, he was at actually point being the point guard. game. And then I don't know if it was on a broadcast on Twi- or on Twitter, but they said that this was the first time in his, and I want to get these stats screwed up, but it's along the lines of he's been 0 for 10 in game tying or go ahead buckets with less than 10 or 15 seconds left and that game, you know, to go into overtime was his first time to have that right. game-time bucket, and it's just like he, like you said. Setting the tone
0: for the season. Yeah, though. and years that passed. That game was Tuesday, by the way. Oh, was Monday, it? they lost oh, to God. Atlanta. Oh, God,
1: yeah, today's Thursday, not Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. This whole week's been a mess, man. Yeah, I'm, well, 2021's been
0: a mess. It's, it's still just twice. As far as man. I'm
1: concerned, today is a December uh, 35th of uh, – 2020. Way so, more than that. But. Yeah, we're 45th, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that sounds Yeah, right. 45th, that sounds right. Yeah, but I mean, there's should, like you said, like, those two years ago, we're like, oh, he's the MVP, but dude, this year, like, she's just just, I, I don't know, man. Like, th- the way he finished that game, he didn't look tired. He was just engaged, and just, I was like, like, you really like, that's the Embiid we drafted that we all been waiting all these years for, and, and and I think... I think our conversation tonight, I feel even more better than I did an hour ago. More of, uh, yeah, more better. Exactly. Love it. Good or
0: English um, about not <laughs> trading for Harden. So. Wow. Okay. Well, good. Glad maybe I, I could yeah. help you through it. I, I hope we help some people through it. Yeah, okay. and I it's am, a, and a, and a I am laying down
1: on it. a couch while I'm talking to you, you know, like <laughs> –
0: it's okay to be upset about it, and it's okay to not be upset about it. It really, it really is okay either way. There, there's plenty of reason to have wanted him. There's plenty of reason to be upset they didn't pull the trigger because it's very possible that they are really stuck in the middle of the Eastern Conference right now. But I don't think that either way you, you leaned as far as what you wanted, I don't think there's any reason to abandon all hope. You can be upset, you know, you can have some takes, you know, tweet through it a little bit. Happens to the best of us all the time, but I really don't think there's any reason to abandon ship. And while I'll give the majority of people I've seen credit for bouncing back from this, definitely no need to be trashing Daryl Morey right now. Oh, no. And a lot of people have, have, now that some more has come out, Seems like most people are bouncing back and being like, you know what, like, I think I get it. I can't necessarily blame him even though I wanted it. If you're still mad at him, you you really got to look at some of these reports and really think about the future of this franchise cuz I know we want a title so bad, but like we've said, I th- I think the window can be open for a lot longer than our like doomsday predictions have been for like a year or two now. Yeah. And I just don't, you know, I think more we would have known if this was the move to pull that trigger on and really shorten that window but increase the potential rather than Play the long game. Really try and shape this roster. You know he's gonna be able to to do more flexible things. Look at how he got out of Horford already. Like imagine yeah. what he can do with another year and maybe bending some other numbers and getting you know a Mike Scott deal off the books or you know get and, us a PJ Brown for the playoffs. PJ Brown. Yeah,
1: from Houston. That was the other Tucker. Play- oh God, PJ Brown. That's fifteen years ago. Yeah, that's an old yeah. one, man. Yeah, wow. PJ oldie but, goodie, but yeah. Uh, there's some similarities. They're both PJs, but yeah, fair I, enough. You know, <laughs>
0: um, yeah. I mean, that, that's pretty much all I have. You, have. you have anything else on Harden or? No, man. I think
1: uh, I'm in a better place now. And listen, some some fans just they just want to be right and not enjoy the moment, enjoy right. the team. So, well, you well know that, what, that's
0: one thing. Our, our our friend Dan, not to be confused with myself, Dan's bad tweets. It, something I saw him saying this to. I forget who he was talking to, but he was like, you know, like if, if you're just going to give up on the, like, I, yeah. And I wrote about this too for last out, but you know, a lot of us try and play, you know, analyst or, uh, you know, beat writer or you know, team reporter, whatever, whatever you want to call whatever you want to try to be and, and analyze things. And in those cases, you obviously want to be right. You're, you're trying to not just like give your opinion. You're trying to actually analyze and be right. But at the end of the day, unless you actually have a job doing this, like you're, you're probably a fan that also tries to do those things. Like we openly are fans and yeah. we're talking about it here where mm-hmm. we're the way we're talking about Harden and everything. And, and we, we preface things with that and make it very clear when we're like kind of trying to take it seriously and when we're kind of joking around as fans and whatnot. But at the end of the day, while I love being right, I love being right. It, it, being right about some things isn't doesn't make me feel any better like i could have walked you could walk in the the last 20 years and every year been like yeah sixers aren't winning the title and it's like all right like cool you, yeah. you say that about every team, and you're probably right, because what's the probability that any team wins the title? It's pretty low. Like, the favorite to win a title almost any year, take out the Warriors dynasty. And, like, yeah. the top odds team is still probably, like, less than 25% to win the title. It's usually yeah. somewhere in, like, the high teens, maybe low 20s. So you're almost always going to be right. You hey, can't win a, the lottery if you don't play, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. That That's a good point. So to to be right about some of those things, just yeah. no, you're not going to get so any in three credit. Years nobody's going to right like no okay one's gonna, good. No one's going to appreciate you for it. No. So like what I don't. What's the point? Yeah, there's really no point. So again, try to enjoy it. It's okay to enjoy things, and it's okay to be upset if you want to Harden, and if you are, I hope you get through it. Ty, if you're listening, I really hope you get through it, buddy. He told me that like the season's over for him. He won't if they get beal or levine it doesn't matter he won't be happy hmm. and 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 i feel i feel for our guy he's very upset
1: well so he'd rather you know be that excited for that than
0: you know pitchers and catchers in like four weeks like well, is, we're, is, we're is, not talking we're not talking baseball I mean, yet you know, just, just saying. philly should sign jt but that's a whole other story so yeah i i hope i hope this could be therapeutic i hope it helps you know we don't have him so get over it uh he's He's and now you have to hate him. Yeah, you pretty much have to hate him yeah. because he's in the division for fuck's sake. He's mm-hmm. not even that you just went to the Eastern Conference, he's in the division. Yeah, so you have to hate him. Keep sending us the Mark Henry memes. Oh my god, man, they've been so good. <laughs> you saw like Mark Henry knows about it. That's Wait, the best part. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best if you haven't seen i mean i don't know how you wouldn't have and and listen to this but if you haven't like you have to go on twitter and just see how many yeah. people are making james Harden and mark henry jokes and mark henry is aware of it and he finds them very funny which is yeah. awesome so all right for steve i'm dan appreciate everybody for listening and we'll uh, be with you soon for a full episode but again we will be appearing on the garbage into gold po- podcast tonight with our friend brandon Ather, so make sure you check that out on all listening platforms as well we'll get you caught up on the last couple games tonight's action as well as the COVID protocol and Adam Silver basically dicking the Sixers for the process probably talk more about this hard and deal with Brandon and you know get his thoughts as well so definitely make sure to tune into that appreciate everybody for listening and trust the podcast